0: Welcome to the Pest Central Podcast. Join us as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of integrated pest management. The next seven episodes are a collaborative effort focused on the history and future of IPM in the North Central region of the US. And it features university faculty and agency staff interviews from around the region. This work is supported by the Crop Protection and Pest Management Program from the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture. This podcast is edited and produced by Michigan State University Extension. Michigan State University Extension programs and materials are open to all. Hi everyone and welcome to the Pest Central Podcast. My name is Erin Lazat, and I'm the IPM Coordinator at Michigan State University. I am really excited to launch the IPM Central podcast with a special episode series celebrating the 50th anniversary of integrated pest management progress in the United States. For those of you who are unfamiliar with IPM, I wanted to walk you through some of the important historical guideposts. The following information borrows heavily from a Marcos Kogan article in the Annual Review of Entomology. The title of the paper is Integrated Pest Management, Historical Perspectives in Contemporary Developments. See the show notes for the full citation. Famines have been an issue faced by civilization since food cultivation began supporting denser populations. While many famines have been caused by political and environmental conditions, some have also been caused by pests. Most notably, the Great Potato Famine of 1845, this famine alone is estimated to have killed more than one million people in Ireland. As we moved into the 1930s, we start to see the development of some big ideas and concepts that will become the tenets of integrated pest management, including the recognition of existing pest management allies in the form of natural enemies. In the 40s, 50s, and 60s, synthetic pesticides became widely available, but were poorly understood and regulated. These pesticides were often effective at controlling pests, but had unintended and unknown impacts on people in the environment. Overreliance on these synthetic pesticides had implications for farmers and the environment, including pesticide resistance development, human exposure to pesticides, and pollution. In the 1960s, scientists began documenting the unintended consequences of pesticide use, perhaps most famously documented by the book Silent Spring by Dr. Rachel Carson. Silent Spring documented the effects of pesticides on the environment, most notably the impact of DDT on birds. DDT residues exceeding the federal tolerances were then detected in milk and linked to DDT-laden forage. Pest outbreaks such as southern pine beetle and corn leaf blight highlighted the lack of effective control options in the absence of products like DDT and the need for novel integrated pest management approaches that relied less heavily on pesticides. In 1971, entomologists from several land-grant universities were catalysts for garnering support for IPM from Congress. Congressional hearings were held to discuss Senate Bill 1794, which aimed to authorize pilot research programs for the control of ag and forestry pests by integrating biological control methods. The discussions included USDA and land grant scientists, federal administrators, ag industry leadership, and environmental organizations. And importantly, it provided financial backing for IPM programs at the state and federal level. In 1972, IPM became official. Integrated Pest Management and its acronym, IPM, were incorporated into the English literature and accepted by the scientific community. A February 1972 message from President Nixon to the US Congress contained the following directives. One, USDA, NSF, and EPA are to launch large scale IPM research through universities. Two, USDA is to increase field testing of pest detection and control methods. Three, USDA and HEW, the Health Education and Welfare Department, are to develop a training program to prepare crop protection specialists to support the expansion of IPM. And finally, four, USDA to expand the Crop Field Scout demonstration program to cover almost 4 million acres. From 1972 to 1978, the Huffaker project was the first major federally funded IPM project and focused on developing improved IPM systems that optimize the benefits of crop protection. The project played a seminal role in training IPM scientists and building the infrastructure necessary for the continued development and adoption of IPM in the United States. Much of the information and many of the approaches developed under the Huffacre Project and its successor, the Atkinson Project, formed the foundation of contemporary IPM research and practice throughout much of the world. The Consortium for Integrated Pest Management was the second federally funded IPM project and resulted in the adoption of IPM on over 14 million acres of land. IPM adoption included the use of scouting and economic injury levels to make management decisions, as well as the use of selective pesticides. In 1985, USDA redirected some IPM funding through a new committee, which gave university deans and experiment station directors at land-grant universities control of the flow of IPM funding. This new committee also organized the first national IPM symposium for scientists working in the field to meet, report on research, and network. Evaluation of IPM programs in 15 states in 1987 documented that IPM users overwhelmingly showed a profit while reducing their use of pesticides. In the 15 states surveyed, farmers using IPM increased their net profits over non-IPM users by an estimated $578 million per year. The advantages of IPM are as varied as the circumstances under which the system is used. Virtually all farmers, regardless of the size of their enterprises, can benefit from integrated pest management. The 90s saw continued progress in IPM research and development with the generation of hundreds of decision-making tools and IPM tactics that improved the environmental and economic sustainability of farms. During the 90s, several critical IPM infrastructure resources were developed, including pest diagnostic technology, weather-based modeling systems, and an increased number of dedicated research and outreach faculty working to expand IPM adoption on the farm. The future of IPM is hopeful, despite many challenges, including climate change, invasive pests, and pesticide resistance. IPM also faces substantial challenges in educating the public about the true costs and benefits of adopting or not adopting available pest management technologies. As our understanding of the natural world and agricultural systems improve, so will our ability to develop IPM strategies that produce safe, healthy, and environmentally responsible food. Please join us for the upcoming series of the 50th anniversary episodes reflecting on the past present and future of IP.